Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thank you, Pastor Bruce. So our theme is family, and you can see our family loves food. <laughs> so are we good at soup? Good on you, Karen. <laughs> Thanks, Leo. Family. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for family. We thank you, Lord, for the whole concept of family, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we get opportunities to live our lives in such a way that people will be introduced to your family, Father. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. And we just pray, Lord, that uh, we will have ears to hear and hearts to receive that which you would have us receive from you through your word. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. Amen. <laughs> so the theme is family. I love family. Um, brought up watching a lot of TV, uh, a lot of shows like um, The Waltons. Oh, yeah, going way back. Um, family Ties, um, The Simpsons. Some of you may know The Simpsons. Um, all kinds of family. The Modern Family, that's like a more recent one. Um, the Brady Bunch. That's a, yeah, <laughs> I think the Brady Bunch was the perfect family, apparently. apparently. The Cosby Show, you won't go there. But whether your family is like the Brady Bunch or the Shady Bunch or anywhere in between, God has a plan for your family. Ephesians 3 And 14 to 15 reads, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. In other words, family originates with God. Out of all the institutions throughout the world, um, family is the oldest institution. Not parliament, not government, not law, not anything like that, but family. It's the first thing that God made with, well, created with people. Family is important. Family is a big deal to God. Obviously, many of us here are a family, the family of God. Family is a beautiful concept that originates in God. It's woven, the concept of family is woven right through the word. It begins with a family, Adam and Eve. It speaks of a generational God. God is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, and of yourselves as well. Even just in worship before, I was trying not to tear up because I just had a sense that the Holy Spirit was reminding me that he is the head of my own family, that he is the head, and just showing me just um, where he's moved in my life throughout my family and just seeing how faithful that, that he is. He's a generational God. That's why uh, everything we do, um, we pray that we live our life to such a, in such a way that it will encourage others to follow. And I'm going to be talking about that kind of thing shortly. There are books in the Bible that talk about the genealogy of Jesus. In the book of Matthew, the whole chapter is dedicated to um, the lineage of Jesus 
going to Joseph. And then in the book of Luke, in chapter 3, it talks about the lineage of Mary. It just shows you how important family is to God. If family originates with God, then surely family has an original plan for the family. Whether that be your natural family or even the family of God, the spiritual family that we are a part of. Now the state of many families today, I can surely say that would not be a result of God's original plan. To some, the mere mention of the word family could be a trigger to bring up not-so-pleasant memories, and that's not my intention. To some, the mention of the word family could mean great holidays, great gatherings and birthdays and weddings and events like that. When I hear the word family, it triggers great memories. And great, our family, we do everything together. We eat together, we play together, we pray together. And the reason for that is that's the way we were brought up. We were brought up with that whole community concept, the togetherness. It has its moments, but I praise God for it. Like uh, Pastor David, awesome word this morning, talking about um, how good it is when brothers dwell together in unity. You know, unity commands a blessing. But when you're dwelling in unity, like Pastor David was saying, you know, you're going to get, it's not going to be perfect all the time. And that's what family is. So in fact, the Bible is full of many tragic and painful and somewhat evil um, depictions of family. Some things we can't really understand. What happened? Why did it happen? So what happened? Um, we know in the book of Genesis, when God created the first family, won't go into all of it, God created the first person, which was Adam. He gave Adam the breath of life. He gave Adam the free will, the decision, the right and the legal right to make a decision. He gave Adam authority and dominion. That was the first family. The family is the thing that is most precious to God, the most precious thing to you as well. That's why when we watch those movies, the ultimate payback or revenge is to kidnap someone or to take someone's family. Family is so important. Family is so important to God. So in that first family, because it was the most precious thing to God, the enemy, Satan, attacked the family. The first thing that he did was go for the family. You break down the family, you break down society. We want to build our society, we build our family. So what happened? They made, it, they made one decision that changed the entire well, lives of all the families that were to follow. So one decision caused sin to enter into the world, and that sin, God was no longer at the centre of the family's life. God was no longer number one in Adam's life. Now I and me and self becomes the centre of our families and of our lives. I'm saying that to say not all our families are the Brady Bunch or the Shady Bunch, but all our families have been impacted by one decision that was made in our history a long time ago. That's why now we can see that in any, in any family, there is no perfect family. Why? Because there are people. In every community, there's no perfect community. Why? Because there are people. 
And any church, there is no perfect church. You can edit this one out. (laughs) And any church, there is no perfect church. Why? Because there are people. So we were all born with this nature to put self in the centre. But just as there was one decision to upset God's plan for family, there was also one decision that can turn everything around also. There was one decision that you can make that can turn your world right way up and bring transformation and peace and righteousness and the gift of eternal life. Just as one decision turned the world upside down, one decision to say yes to receive Jesus can turn your world right way up. God originated family. He made family. He made family biologically, obviously. Um, The beautiful thing about how he designed family is that everybody that's birthed into a family is birthed out of an act of love. Now, because of what happened in Genesis, it's not the case always. But just as a natural person is birthed out of an act of love, where mum and dad have union, act of love, so it is with God's family, the spiritual family. The spiritual family... The believers are also birthed out of the ultimate act of love, which is the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. So there is hope. There is hope because of that one decision in Genesis can be turned around to one decision to say yes to receive Jesus. So my prayer for us is to continue to live our lives in such a way that those that will follow will walk in the ways of the word. The Bible says that in the human race, well, the human race, there's only one race, there's the human race, that's all of us, a part of, that we are birthed out of this um, act of love. But when we come into God's race or grace, we are birthed out of act of love, which is the cross. The Bible says that we are saved by grace, saved by grace. Something we don't deserve, but he, because of his love, he extends it all to us. And I praise God that many, many, many people in this room have received the grace of God and seen their lives turned right way up. Okay. So, today, tonight, today, tonight, <laughs> what time is that on? <laughs> So tonight I want to talk about family legacy. How do we live our lives in a way that will point to Jesus? How how can we be more effective signposts to point to Jesus? Not only to people that are around us living while we have breath, while we are living, but those that are coming after us, the generations to follow. Legacy, it's kind of like what people leave behind. It could be um, a property, it could be possessions, it could be a car, it could be title deeds or something. It could be something less tangible, it could be uh, like values or principles or teachings, morals and things like that. It could be leaving your mark on this earth, leaving your mark on the earth. There's a scripture that talks about, may the earth be filled with the glory of God. Part of the definition of glory means the weightiness 
or the heaviness of the nature of the king. The glory of the, of the king is the nature of the king. So the glory is that tangible weightiness, that heavy part of us. The heaviness and the weighty part of that is that we make an imprint that is heavy and weighty on people's lives. That you live a life that will be imprinting on people's hearts. That you will impact people's lives with the reality of Christ. Imprinting almost to the point like a tattoo. That the presence of God, the will of God becomes like tattooed upon people. You can't separate it. Legacy. Two words I hear in the word legacy is the word leg and the word see. What do you see in your life that's of God? What do you envision in your life of God that you want to live out to such a point that when you pass from this world that you leave that legacy for others to walk in? Hence the word leg. What, are you going, what do you see that others can walk into afterwards? Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How did he endure the cross? What did he see? What was the joy that was set before him? It was you and I. It was kingdom. It was thy kingdom come, it was salvation. It was cross, the resurrection. Jesus could handle the pain, not just of the physical pain, but the pain of being separated from his father. The pain of bearing the sin of the world. He could handle that because of the joy that was set before him. He could, he could see something. He could see you and I being saved and then entering into eternal life. And the legacy that he left behind for us to walk in as leg is his word, is his will, is his ways. It's the full counsel of the instruction of his word that teaches us who we are and teaches us who he is. The legacy that Jesus left behind is his will, is his word. Often when people pass away, they leave a will. They leave a will which is it's something that uh, it's a document that specifies the method in which the management of the deceased affairs or estates will be carried out. So it's this document that people leave behind for people. And Jesus left behind a document for us. He left behind a, his will. His word is his way and his way is his will. He left behind his will for us and it says, Pastor Bruce, you are more than a conqueror. It says everything about who we are in this will that he left behind for you and I. When I think of legacy and family legacy, I always think about my grandparents. My, my grandparents on my mum's side, um, Saro and Yanetta. Um, Yanetta is actually Karen's other name, and Saro is the name of my brother. We're all named after our, our grandfathers, our grandparents, sorry. And they were pastors in Samoa, and they were missionaries in the 30s in, up in the PNG. And um, when they went over to PNG, they weren't expected to come back. So they were pretty hardcore missionaries, and they were pretty full on. So they were missionaries to the PNG people, the Solomon people as well. And my grandmother on my dad's side, 
My grandmother is also Raymond's grandmother and Mose and, and Kali and my grandma and your grandma sitting by the fire. Da, da, da. <laughs> Don't know the rest of the words of that song. Um, but the legacy that she left behind for our family, and it's quite common for um, Samoans of that generation, is the legacy of, of prayer and the legacy of putting God first. Means put God first and foremost. And when I look at my family and everything that we've been through, the, the awesome times, the good times, and the tragedies, our first response is always, it's always put God first, and it's always the first response is always to prayer. And I'm, I'm blessed by that, you know, I'm blessed by that, having that legacy. Uh, my grandma, uh, we call her Tina. Tina. Everyone say Tina. Tina. Tina, yeah. So Tina is just like Nana or Mama or Grandma. And so Tina, she would come to, I've shared this with some people before, but she would come over to our place from Samoa. And Tina, she could pray. She could pray. She could pray. She could pray. (laughs) She can pray. (laughs) She can pray. And um, when she prays, early in the morning, she'll be up first light and she'll be praying. She'll be sitting in the lounge, we'll all be sleeping, and then we'll hear her starting to sing the hymns, the old Samoan hymns. And then she'll sing, and all that. And then that was a sign for all of us to get up and make our way. Make our way down to the lounge before mum and dad get up. <laughs> and so we would get up and drag our blankets, grab our pillows, because we knew we were in for a long ride, and, uh, to get comfortable and to go then and she would pray. And she would pray not only in the morning, but she would also pray in the evening. So she was teaching us that from sunrise to sunset, that's when we put God first, regardless but not only sunrise and sunset for the 24-hour day, but sunrise and sunset for our whole life. From the day we are born or the day we are born again into the family of God, making that one decision to say yes to receive Jesus. From that moment, when we're born there to the moment that we pass away. In fact, when she passed away, she passed away just after she prayed. Yeah. Um, I have an image, a photo of her. Probably not a very clear one. Um, yeah, and that's, the photo behind her is my granddad. Um, he passed away in 15th of June, 1952. Yeah, 52, 59, in the 50s. His name was Mafofau. That's who I'm named after, Mafofau. And, yeah, she was, she's a legend. She taught us to pray and to put God first. Yeah, she, she knew. And I think during her prayer, because she prayed a lot, the scripture always comes to mind as to pray without ceasing. And she really knew to keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying. And for us, we had to learn to pray without sleeping. Because so <laughs> it was like, whew. Are we going to wrap it up? <laughs> you're trying to say, you're trying to butt in and say, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Keep on going. She would pray for every single baby. And in her family, she had 13 kids and 56 grandchildren. So I have 55 first cousins. First cousins. 
Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So legacy. <laughs> Talking about legacy. She left behind that legacy for us. So we were, we were blessed in that way. So number one, <laughs> leave a legacy of love. I want to talk about leaving a legacy of love, leaving a legacy of light, and leaving a legacy of life. Leave a legacy of love. John 13, 34 and 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. There's a lot of one another's in the Bible. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By loving one another, the world will know that we are of the family of God. The world will know. How will they know that we are Christians? By our Bible knowledge? By attending church? No, they will know by the way we love one another. Love is awesome. Everyone needs love. There's a lot of songs been written by love. All you need is love. Bob Marley said, one love um, is this love. Lots of songs about love. But there's all types of love. And, you know, some of us are familiar with the, the four Greek words of love. The word philia, which is the word for the friendship kind of love, the mateship, the buddy, that kind of love. Um, the word storge is kind of the family love, the family love that we have for one another. Eros is the romantic kind of love. A lot of the songs that we hear are, are kind of like the Eros, Eros kind of love. And the ultimate love that this, that this verse is talking about, that we know that we, we, we tell people that we are disciples or we show people that we are his family by agape love. Agape love is the God kind of love. It's the God kind of love. It's the unfailing love. It's unconditional it's not based on your family. It's not based on what you did for me. It's based regardless. It's like with my family, I say, well, I love you, cuz, because you're my cuz. I love you because you've done this for me. That's conditional love. But unfailing love, unconditional love, agape love, the Jesus kind of love, the God is love kind of love, is unfailing love. It's the kind of love that enables us, empowers us to love the unloved. To love people that you wouldn't normally give a second look kind of thing. That's how the world will know. That's why I thank God for the great um, movements, the Christian help services around the world. It's all based on that agape love. Giving with no expectation other than honouring God who is love. Leave a legacy of love. Gary Chapman, some of you may be familiar with the book he wrote, The Five Love Languages. Um, the different languages that we speak, uh, ways that we communicate with one another. If I speak a certain language, I'm communicating to you in a particular way that you'll be able to understand. One of the ways that he talks about is um, a loving touch. And it could be just like I come up to Michael here and I go, high five, it's a loving touch. Sometimes you may see me walking around the church and I'm just nudging someone or giving someone a tackle or it's a loving touch. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> different interpretations. <laughs> oh, different crowd. <laughs> but sometimes I'm going, hey man, what's up, bro? What's up? I'm just communicating a certain degree of filial love based on agape love. 
Um, there's, the other one is uh, giving words of affirmation. Giving words of affirmation. And man, I always constantly hear that when I'm in this house. Always hearing words of encouragement. Because words are life. And life, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. But the language of love is giving words of affirmation with no strings attached, you know. No hidden agendas behind those words. It's just being genuine and encouraging someone to lift them up. Um, the other one is uh, giving of gifts. I have, um, you know, a lot of people that are just giving gifts. I've received a lot of gifts, and if you feel that's your gift, your language, feel free to speak that language to me. <laughs> if you want to give a gift, you want to express your love towards me, I will receive. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? So I want you to be blessed by giving you opportunities to give. So love languages is the, a friendly touch, a loving touch. It's um, gift giving. It's in giving in words of affirmation, encouraging words. It's also giving quality time. When you give your time, you're giving your life because you can't get it back. So when you're giving your life to someone or you're giving your life to something, you're actually giving your, you know, your love. You know, quality time. And the other one is, this is probably my, one of my strongest love languages, is practical help. It's just helping people in any way. In any way. It could be opening a door. It could be going around cutting someone's lawn. It could be doing washing, whatever. Practical help. I'm not saying I'm going <laughs> to extend my love to you by saying, what do you want me to do? <laughs> but they are the different types of love languages that we can it's not the only ones, the other, other ones too, like respect. Give respect to people. Ephesians 4.2, David um, shared on this this morning. Ephesians 4.2 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. The so number one is leave a legacy of love. How do we leave a legacy of love? By living it. The thing that we want to leave, we live it. Leave behind, I mean, not leave, like go away from it. Number two is leave a legacy of light. Leave a legacy of light. The first scripture in the Bible in Genesis says, God says, let there be light. Or he said, be light. Oh no, he said, light be, sorry. So let there be light. God saw that the light was good. The light is good. And he separated the light from the darkness. The light that you carry is designed to separate light from darkness. When you walk into a room, your very presence because of who you are in Christ and the light of who he is in you can separate darkness. That's the very first thing he said, light be. When the, when the froggers go out into the festivals and the, and the concerts, they're light. They go, light be. Be the light in the areas that are darkness. Carry that light. The entrance of his word, the entrance of his word gives light. Paul said that, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That's the word. The word brings light. The word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light to my path. The word is light. Leave a legacy of light by living in the light. What's the light? The Word. Again, coming back to His Word. Living in the Word. 
Sorry. I got a torch here. Sorry, one, that's really dirty. It's a well-used torch. <laughs> Even in, in the way that we evangelize, we got to be the light. The way that we evangelize sometimes can be uh, off-putting. Sometimes I won't turn it on. I can go up to Pastor Ray and say, Jesus loves you, man. <laughs> if I was to turn this on, you know, turn it on and there you go. And that, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that's right. Anastasia had the, that kind of reaction that when we go with our evangelism and it's in people's face like a torch, people will react in a, in a different way as opposed to being the lamp. If I had a lamp up here, turn all the lights down, play the soft music. <laughs> if, I had, if I had the lamp up there, it would draw people. It would be, it would be warm. It would be inviting. But if I went round to people on the street going, hey, turn or burn, Jesus loves you. <laughs> it's not going to be... It won't be as effective as being the light. You know, you can say the truth in the wrong way. That's why we say truth with grace. Always with grace. Let our words be seasoned, you know, with salt and grace. Leave a legacy of light. Be a lighthouse. Let your home be a lighthouse. Your community be a lighthouse. This house is a lighthouse. I love one of the phrases we have for our house here, which is believe, belong, and become. We live our life in the light of Jesus that we cultivate a, a space and a place that is, has a common belief, which is Christ, and a place that we can belong, which is acceptance, and a place that we can become who we are in Christ. And that's by being challenged and by growing and by walking together and discipleship and, and everything like that. Be the light in everywhere we go. When you leave this life, leave the light on, so to speak. Number three, the last one here is leave a legacy of life. Leave a legacy of life. John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or have life more abundantly. The more abundant life is not just here, but it's also eternal life as well. Jesus came to give life. John 6 and 63 says, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. John 6, 63. Wonder what John 6, 66 says. <laughs> I'll just read it. John 6.66 says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Ooh. <laughs> Move along, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Leave a legacy of life. What kind of life? The life that we, which we, you know, resemble God. You know, in families, some families have a real close resemblance. We need to resemble Jesus. 
Um, I got a photo of me and my brother when we were kids, little toddlers actually. Um, yeah. Me and my brother, that's me, the dark one. <laughs> me and my brother, we don't look anything alike, but we're family. <laughs> yeah, we don't look anything alike. We don't, physically we don't look like anything. But to our family, this is how our family sees me and my brother. So this next image. <laughs> you ask any of our family, that's how they view my brother and I. I'm, I'm quiet by nature, but I'm the more of a clown, more of a practical joker, my brother's more serious. <laughs> but we don't look like, we don't resemble one another. And, uh, but apparently, not to our family, but to other people outside our family, apparently we sound very similar on the phone. If we're having a conversation, you wouldn't know that I'm talking or someone probably think it's my brother. And when we were about 14 and 15, uh, the phone rang. Back in the day, we had to dial, dial the phone. Um, the phone rang and uh, I answered it. And I knew it was my, my brother's girlfriend at the time. <laughs> so I answered the phone, yeah. And I said, hello. And she goes, hi. <laughs> and, I, and I looked around to see where my brother was. Anyone hold phones like this? <laughs> And, I, and she said on the phone, thinking with my brother, she goes, I like what you put on my friendship page. Friendship, we had friendship books that were way bef before Facebook, you know, we had things like that. And, and I said, remind me what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, going, you know what you wrote. And then anyway, she started going on and on. And then she said, anyway, what's up with your brother and his breakdance crew? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I said, what? And she goes, is this you, Sully? And you go, nah. And then I, I hung up the phone. <laughs> and then my brother comes out of the shower and he goes, hey, bro, who, who was that? Was that for me? And I went, uh, bro, that was definitely not for you. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, sometimes we may not look, appear to look like Jesus, but we can sound like him. We can resemble him in the different ways that God has designed us and graced us to be. <laughs> yeah. Live a legacy of life. What kind of life? A life that resembles Jesus. A life that reflects the image in which you have been created in, which is Christ. So many images out there that we try to reflect. But when we're fully secure in who we are, there's no other image than Jesus, the image of God that we carry. That's the light that we carry. That's the way that helps us to live in love and love the agape kind of way. That's how the, why the Bible says to love your enemies. How? With the agape kind of love. Those that mock you, that agape kind of love. Is that hard? It's really hard. But when we begin to renew our mind according to what he says in the word about those things, it will become easier. And Galatians 2.20 says, For I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And now the life, what kind of life that we live? The life that I now live, I live in him. Because he died and 
and was, was raised for you and I to enable us to come into his family. So guys, live, leave a legacy of love, leave a legacy of light, and leave a legacy of life. Why? Because Jesus is love. Jesus is the light. And Jesus is the life, and he is the resurrection. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for the reminder that you are love, you are light, and you are the life, Lord. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the way that you have made for us to come back to you, to come back into your family by making that one decision to say yes. I thank you for your word that instructs us and teaches us our history, where we came from. And I thank you, Lord, for what you've done on the cross and the resurrection that guides us and teaches us where we're going to. Thank you for the concept of family. I thank you for your original plan of family. And I pray that your original plan for each family, each individual, will be made known to each family. Help us to represent your family, to represent you, Abba, Father. Help us to represent you wherever we go, in our workplaces, in our churches, wherever we are, with our communities, with our families. Help us to love one another the way that you have loved us. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you for making a way for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to give an invitation from my Abba Father to anyone here that has not given their heart to Jesus but wants to. There is nothing like being a child of God. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it at all. And I just want to give an opportunity here that if there's anyone here and you don't feel that you're a part of God's family, for whatever reason, I want to tell you that His grace is sufficient. I want to tell you that His love for you is unconditional. It's not conditional. It's not based on anything that you may have done. It's based upon what He has done. That He poured out His blood for us, died in our place, and gave us eternal life. I want to pray for anyone here that wants to come into the family of God, so to speak. If there's anyone like that here tonight, just so I know who I'm going to pray with, just please just give me a sign of raising your hand and we'll pray for you. We thank you, Lord, for your gift of salvation offered to all. If there's anyone like that here tonight, or you've been away from God and you want to make a fresh commitment, you're welcome to join us in this prayer. If there's anyone like that tonight, I want you to pray this after me. Family, please join me in praying. Father God, we thank you for your unconditional love. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your plan of salvation. Help me to grow in you and to become all that you want me to be. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. And Lord, I just pray for the church family here. I just pray for each of our families. In fact, if anyone here wants to stand for their family, we're going to pray a prayer over your family. If you know your family is not in Christ or they may be in a crisis, if you want to stand for your family, let's stand together as a family. There may be people in your family that don't know the love of Jesus. Let's stand in the gap. Let's intercede for them right now. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for these families represented here. I thank you for your plan, your original plan, which is salvation. Lord, we pray for every brother, every sister, every uncle, every grandparent, every child, every niece, every nephew, every work colleague, every person that these people are standing in the gap for. Lord, I thank you by faith, Father. They will be saved, Father. I thank you, Lord. Your will is that none shall perish, but all will come to know you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Bless them, protect them. Bring salvation their way, Father. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord. Bless them, Father. Use us, Father. Help us to impact them by living a life of love, living a life of light, and living a life of your life, Father. We thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Lord. Bless our families, Lord. Help us to leave the legacy of Christ, Father. We thank you, Father. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And just for those that have made a decision or you're listening to the podcast or you may not have responded by putting up your hand, we do have different ways in which we can help you on your journey. One awesome way we do is the yes texting. We have a number 048826392. You can text that now. You can text that anytime you want, anytime that you feel you're ready to receive yes, to receive Jesus by saying yes. When you text that number, every morning at 7 o'clock, you'll get a brief uh, scripture and a brief encouraging word or prayer that goes with it. And that's designed just to sow a seed into you, to create hunger in you, to be hungry more of the Word. We also have an email, yes.metrochurch.org.au, and you can do the same thing there too. We also have the Connect Hub if you want to come and talk to anyone there. We'll be there as well. But please uh, make yourself available of all these resources that we have. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.